It's time for another hour of Reflections of Grace Outreach Ministries, Thursday weekly discussion with Thomas and Denise. We are the walkers, inspiring souls and removing the mask through the word of God. Join us as we discuss biblical topics with a life applicable approach. We talk about biblical topics such as marriage, purpose, loneliness, family, salvation, forgiveness, holiness, and so much more. We also have inspirational books and poetry that we expound on during our weekly program. You can subscribe to us on our YouTube channel at Reflections of Grace Outreach Ministries and join our Anchor Podcast channel. And now join us for another enjoyable evening. God bless. Amen. God bless. And thank you for joining us today. Again, this is uh, Elder Thomas Walker and my wife, Minister Denise. We are uh, leaders of Reflections of Grace Outreach Ministries. We are so glad and delighted that you can join with us again on this great day. We pray for all those that are going through uh, different turmoils in their lives as far as the weather and finances and and just everything as a whole as we live our daily lives. I want you to know that God is with you all. God loves you and it's nothing too greater on this earth that you are enduring that God cannot come into your lives and give you peace and comfort or make a way for you at your extremity and at your extreme moment that you are uh, facing in everyday life. So I, I want to encourage you all today to continue to look up, continue to hold your head up, to continue to uh, count it all joy whenever things come against you. You know, and, and it's just such a, a great thing to be able to know that you're not alone in any situation that you are encountering, that God is with you and God loves you. And no matter what, whatever the circumstance or issue may be, you know, whether you're facing homelessness or um, you're facing bad news from your doctor, whatever the case is, I'm here to tell you that God is here. He's listening and he wants to make a, and have a relationship with you. So with all those things that God has allowed me to say to you tonight, it's been a while since I've been on, on here live, and I just wanted to, the Lord laid on my heart to just open up and just have a conversation, an open conversation with each and every one of you out there that may be listening. And I just want to encourage you all. You know, there are so many things that, that are happening that, that a lot of people, even myself, I wake up and I look and I'm like, Lord, have mercy on us as a people, as a humankind, as uh, earthlings at that, at, at that moment, as that would be the case. You know, we are battling so many different sicknesses and illnesses that's coming across, so many ancient illnesses and diseases that are coming upon this earth uh, in this season. And I just want you to know that I'm not going to talk the doom and gloom or the end of the world and the end of the days, because 
A lot of people don't believe in in those things and those factors as being a reality for them. But what I am going to talk about is just look at how the world as a whole has become more wicked, more evil, more self-absorbed than in past lives. You know, on Facebook, they have different pages. If you ever go out there, they have a page for where I, you grew up on as a child and then a page of reunion for high school, or you have a page for your sorority or fraternity. You even have a page for if you love a dog or a cat. You know, everyone wants to feel the sense of community and feel a sense of camaraderie at the same time. But do we really get that without ascribing to something specific? You know, can we genuinely, uh, genuinely walk down the street and really feel empathy and compassion and friendship when we come across the person? Or do you have that feeling that that person is clutching their purse or that person turns their head to the left or to the right to avoid looking you in the face? See, that's not what living is all about. What is living is being able to share situations and, and uh, times with a person you know, in, in a joyful and in a nice way where you leave them feeling as if you've made a difference or you've made an impact on them. You know, and I notice I'm going to be 58 really soon. And trust me and believe when I say I have seen almost every type of emotion and character that's on this earth. And I can really legitimately say that without a doubt in my mind, because I spent countless years in the military and abroad, and I spent time in the United States. And I can honestly say that there is a, a distinct difference in the character, the mannerism, the integrity, the, the hospitality. All of those things are different wherever you go. And even in the United States, depends on where you go, you might still feel like you're back in the Jim Crow age or the Jim Crow era. And that's something that each of us has to work on. But when we come together in this day and age, the 21st century, we have a thing called the chat GP. CPT or whatever you want to call it. It's artificial intelligence and the computers are now beginning to think and now beginning to articulate certain things uh, for us. So what does that leave us as a person, as a people, as an individual? If the computer age and, and technology age become so advanced until it starts to write papers for you or starts to tell you how to think or what is right and wrong, then where, where is the humanity in mankind? You know, I was thinking about that because I was like, wow, you know, the world, just like the Bible said, is, is getting weaker and wiser, you know, and things are happening so quickly and, and so determinately to the point where 
the minute one thing happens, something else happens. Or you have one good thing happen, then three bad things happen. You have uh, a person being rescued from a fire, but yet you have forced school shootings or mass shootings. You have a person being saved um, from being hit by a bus, but yet you have three or four drive-bys in, in that same day. Where does it end? Where does the humanity of people return back to humanity. I saw this one time, I saw this this little uh, dog that was in the street. It was a little puppy and the puppy was, I don't know, maybe two or three months old. You know how puppy are, they run around, they look wag they tail and they look like they just the cutest little thing. But well, this puppy uh, managed to get stuck in a hole and I looked at that, you know, I, I wasn't close by, but I saw the puppy and I was getting ready to get out uh, and go and see about the puppy. But then this other dog that wasn't even the, um, the, the type of dog that this particular puppy was, he ran over there and he helped the puppy out of the hole. And I looked at, it, I was like, wow, even animals, have the hospitality and the, uh, the the ability to have empathy and compassion on another animal, whether it's their sibling or, or kin or pup or whatever you want to call it, but they still can find that hospitality, that empathy, and that compassion. That's what God wants us to have today. God wants us to find the humanity and the love that he have given us, you know, and it's not about a religion and it's definitely not about what you ascribe to uh, enjoy in life. I'll put it like that. You know, we use that word really loosely about, you know, everyone should love one another and it's all about love at the end of the day. But when does the word love become uh, the significance or uh, uh, the the when person uses the word love, they turn around and show hate or they turn around and show animosity after they say they love everybody. How does that work in the realm of of learning and understanding who we are as a people? Because God showed us the first ability and the first um, the first description of love when, you know, he saved humanity with, with only eight people in the ark. He still loved us. He just didn't love everything and the corruption that was going on. See, God gave us a choice and he has given us free will to make these choices. So when you see a person out there, um, doing whatever they're doing and, and you know, acting the way that they want to act and, and feeling the way they want to feel and have their attitude on their shoulder and they have their pride all in their chest and they beating their chest, talking to it. You know, you see these people every day that have the arrogance about themselves and the, the pridefulness about themselves where they won't even speak. They won't even help you. And I'm not saying this because someone has done that to me, although it has happened in my past. I don't think about it. I just pray for them as they act like that. I'm like, Lord, help them because they need help. They don't know that 
this is this is the the image that they're portraying out there to people. And when you need a person after you've treated them that badly, you're really going to have to find out where your religious or your spiritual belief really rests in when you need somebody so desperately to come see about you and nobody does. Then that's when you start to take an account of, oh man, I shouldn't have treated Joe Snuffy that way. I shouldn't have treated you Snuffy that way. I should have been more nicer and kinder because when you're laying in a hospital and you're on your hospital bed, don't know whether you're going to live or die and no one comes to visit you, then that says a lot about the life that you have lived. That says a lot about the impact that you have left on, on humanity. See, you were a part of that person or that place or that, that structure of evil and, and uh, this depravity that had uh, said, I don't need man. All I, all I need to do is, um, is continue to work, continue to obtain this wealth, continue to store up my riches, to continue to, to build my legacy that's financial, to continue to invest in money so I can have all the money in the world. But then when you're on your sick bed and you're leaving this earth and you don't even have a, a, a person to come to say last rites, you don't even believe that there's a such thing as last rites, but you believe in that bank account and you believe in that will and you believe in all those things that you have gathered together to call yourself, I'm rich, <laughs> I'm rich and I have it all and I am happy because I have obtained all this wealth and riches on this earth. Well, when you're laying down in, in that hospital or wherever you may be, you know, none of that stuff is coming with you. None of, that, none of those riches and none of that money that you have obtained and built up forever and ever and ever that you believe that you was going to have to live off of, none of that is going with you. So I ask humanity, where do we find that humanity inside of us to where when we obtain things, when we have those riches and that wealth that we have uh, so eloquently built, <laughs> you know, what do we do with it so that when we leave here and we have all these riches, besides leaving it to your pet or leaving your wealth to your goldfish or leaving your wealth to a charity, why not? And I'm saying this because, yes, I love I love uh, the ability to be able to give. I love charitable donations that people give to our organization and our ministry. However, what I love the most is being able to give in that season, in that time, as I go along in life, as the ministry and the outreach go along in its journey. We're giving, consistently giving out consistently pouring out into others, into communities, into places where it's needed today. See, I, I don't want to have 
a, a million dollar organization, a two, three million dollar organization and say, oh, I have these specifications where, you know, you fill out this application, then it go to the board and then the board approves. And then we give you a little bit of portion of what we have when all along on your street and on your block, there's homeless people. There's people that are in need. There are people, single parents that need a place to live and leave, need a new uh, outlook, a new approach on life, need a new start. You know, where is the help in those things? See, as a, as a person, I'm going to say as humanity, because I'm keeping that on humanity. I'm not keeping it on. I'm not talking about an individual. I'm not talking about a person. I'm talking about the spirit of who each and every one of us is. You know, the spirit of who we are comes out every day in our walk, in our talk. You know, we saw on the Grammys a few a month ago or so, whatever, about um that song Unholy. Oh, everybody was up in a roar about it. But the truth be told, you know, we are unholy. <laughs> and I'll say we because we are shaped in in unholiness and in, in the iniquity or what God calls the sin that we were conceived in. See, it's not about who shot the last person or who drank too much wine or who's uh, living uh, uh, LGBTQ lifestyle or who's addicted to this drug or that drug. It's about the spirit of the person because no matter what you do on the outside, no matter how you treat people on the outside, inside is where God sees your heart. Inside is what God wants to talk and have a relationship with you with. Because so many of us, we are being judged by our outward appearance. Just like now, I almost double dog guarantee that someone is looking at this video or will look at this video and say, oh, the resolution is not that great. I don't know. And look at the background. The background doesn't even look like it makes sense. Oh, why does he have that sweater on that says Liberty University? Oh, look at his hair. Oh, his hair. You know, everyone has the ability to pick and 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 pick out criticisms or pick out things that they don't like, which is their prerogative. However, you know, in my heart, of hearts. <laughs> I love each and every one of you all. And regardless of if you say anything negative about me, I probably won't ever hear it. But God hears it. God's, God, God can hear it. And he knows your heart towards me. And that's it comes to a, a great uh, scripture that talks about Cain and Abel. I know everybody's heard the story about Cain and Abel, but I'm going to talk about Cain and Abel. See, Cain had a bad heart toward Abel. Abel had a good heart toward him and everybody else. And what did God say? God looked at Cain and saw his heart before he even slew Abel. And so, see, that's what I'm trying, the point that I'm getting at with humanity. See, we don't want to have that Cain spirit. That Cain spirit will have you jealous. That Cain spirit will have you envious. That Cain spirit will have you looking for murder and trying to commit murder. And a lot of times we create and commit murder with our mouth and our tongue because that's the weapon nowadays 
that people can use more freely because look at what we have. We have the internet, we have social media, we have the ability to become what uh, old people back when I was young say, when the television used to come on, they used to say the talking heads, <laughs> you know what I mean? And look at my head, my head is talking right now and someone's listening and the talking head is influential in how you treat people, how you act, how you dress, how you do just about everything, because it's it's what they call uh, the influx of knowledge, and it could be con uh, considered the not the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because whatever we look at on on YouTube, Facebook, or Snapchat, or wherever we go for our information, you know. That's what's tuning us in. That's what's keeping us uh, in tune with our reality uh, on this earth. And I say for humanity, you know, we've been talking about for years, teachers and psychologists have been talking for years about um, limiting the time that we spend on these social media platforms, limiting our kids' time on how much time they use on these platforms so that they can they can uh, create and, and develop more social skills, more abilities to have critical thinking, more ability to be able to have um, the hospitality uh, training and how to treat one another, how to interact with each other in community and society. You see, because there is gonna come a time when the internet may go away. And there may come a time when you may not be able to afford internet or a cell phone or any of those things due to whatever circumstance or reason. Then what can you fall back on? What do you have internally that you could say, oh yeah, this is deep down. This is inside of me. This is what keeps me going every day. See, I'm talking about, I'm talking about giving thanks. I'm talking about understanding where we come from and where we've been and where we're going. See, we can always, we can always write a vision and we can always make it plain and we can always write it on tablets and run with it. We can always do those things. But what are we doing in this moment that's that's really solidifying who we are as individuals? Are we taking note and accountability of the goodness of God in our lives, in that moment, in that season, in that time, how many of us have stopped to, to think about what could have been in your life? Think about the trauma or the abuse that you encountered in your past that God allowed you to live through. Is there any day or any time that post-traumatic stress builds up in your life and a trigger happens, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh God, God, you delivered me from that. I don't have to worry about that no more. See, that's what we need. We need deliverance. We need to understand and know where we are as a people, number one, and number two, as an individual. Where do we fit in this grand cog of life? God has given us family. God has given us friends. God has given us relationships that some are productive relationships, some are not. But out of everything that we've experienced in life, 
I'm here to tell you that there's a testimony. Sorry about taking the glasses off. There's a testimony in everything that we go through, you know, and what a testimony is, is you bearing witness to something that happened. And when you bear witness to something that happens that God have ordained or predestined in your life, then it become a testimony of faith, a testimony of endurance, a testimony of overcoming. You know, and I was reading this uh, scripture of Psalms 105, and I was I was really excited about it because you know how back then in in the 1970s and 80s, before the shepherding movement came into uh, being in the church, you know. Um, we used to get up and say testimony service. We used to get up and talk about God. We used to get up and talk about our issues. And we asked the, the congregation to pray our strength in the Lord or pray that we endure this situation. And everybody would get together and stop what we were doing. And we would pray for that situation. We would pray for that person because they came into a gathering and they asked for prayer. How many of us know people that need prayer, that need an answer and are looking for answers, but they have nowhere to go to. They have nowhere to turn. They know they have no one that can come to them and say, it's going to be all right. And then begin to tell them why it's going to be all right. You see, that's what humanity needs right now. We need hope. We need hope. We don't need witchcraft. We don't need divination. We don't need all of those magical stories on television. We don't need that. We don't need the Transformers, you know, and we definitely don't need Harry Potter. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, they are good stories and they're good, you know, and, and if you want to look at that. But what we really need are stories that can encourage us and uplift us and strengthen us during these times, you know. People are facing homelessness everywhere. People are getting sick by diseases and, and, and sicknesses and, and vac um, vaccines and viruses and everything that's going on out there in the world. And we don't even know where they come from. There's this one thing called a fungus virus. Where in the world does a fungus virus come from? And how is it being in, ingested into people? See, these are the things we should be thinking about that, wow, I need some hope. We need hope because the money we accumulate, the job that we retire from, the place that we accumulate as far as riches, silver, and gold, that's okay for what you're doing on the surface. But our humanity... The soul of who we are needs more. And whenever we have an opportunity to talk about God, talk about the goodness of God in the land of the living, or to even talk about the positive things that we have endured or the positive things that we have seen manifest itself in our lives, we should be telling everyone, you know, when we go to the doctor and we've been sick, for two or three weeks with a cold or a flu and a doctor give us medication and within two weeks, you know, we feel better. You know, that's something to talk about. Or will we fall and hurt our leg and 
and we go to the doctor and they say, oh, it's a fracture. We're going to put it in a cast and you'll be out of commission for four to six weeks. But when you take that cast, that cast off, you your leg's going to be OK. That's something to talk about. Or when we are fighting drug addiction or, or um, mental illness. And we go see a psychiatrist and we go to those groups and we understand what we need to do to get ourselves back on track. You know, that's something to talk about. That's a testimony because there are so many people out there battling mental illness, battling addiction, battling um, so many things that's going on in their lives until they need to hear hope. They need to know that there's something on the other side of that storm. You know, we always say there's sunshine and rain and there's uh, darkness before the light. You know, that's good to hear, but where are we showing these things? <laughs> See, and here in the Bible, Psalms 105, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing to him, Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. And then it goes on to say, let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works, which he has done. His wonders and the judgments of his mouth. See, that's all the Bible is telling us to do in that in that passage is to just proclaim the goodness of God, to tell people about how he has delivered you or made a way for you when there was no way made. And that will help strengthen the, 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 the next generation, the generations be, before us, because there's a lot of people that are in their 50s and 60s and, and that have been single parents at one point in time or have made mistakes in relationships at one point in one time or someone that have uh, been, you know, uh, addicted to alcohol, you know, at one time. And there are some people that may have been addicted to drugs at some time. That's not me, but I know people that have. There are some people that have been in abusive relationships and marriages. There are someone, you know, the list can go on and on and on for people in their 50s and 60s that have made it through that. But what are we doing? Are we passing that, that message? Are we passing that testimony? backwards to the people that are, we see going through those situations, those, the people that we see that are struggling with that, those people that are living in abusive situations and relationships. And you know what? The thing that I know about it is relationships, most relationships, you know, that people are in abusive relationships, they don't want to be in those relationships, but they, they don't have no other choice. Some people are just stuck in those abusive relationships and they don't know how to be delivered from it or to come out of it. But us, as us 50s and 60-year-olds, you see, we knew how to escape. We had a plan of escape. We knew who to call on to get relief from that situation. 
But see, nowadays there are younger people that, and you know, what they call them generation double X, Y, Z, whatever they are. But the younger people, they need to see the strength of us 50 and 60 year olds, the, 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 the courage and the bravery that we endured when we were coming up, going through the struggle. And we know the struggle was real and it was real, real hard, <laughs> but we endured. And what did we do to re endure? We had an action plan, number one. Number two, we knew that we were, we were better than our situation. We knew that there was hope somewhere else, whether it was mama, daddy, big brother, uncle, cousin. You know, I used to know this, this young lady who whenever she got in trouble, she called her cousins and they came in there three, four cars deep and handle a certain situation. You know what I mean? And she didn't have to worry about that abuse no more. <laughs> she, but I'm not, I'm not saying that to, you know, and encourage or, or couldn't, condone, you know, violence or anything in that way. But we knew who to call. Like when, when I was a single parent and I needed food for, I was taking care of uh, uh, three kids. I needed food. So what did I did? What did I do? I called my family and, and asked them, hey, do y'all have anything to borrow or anything I could use? You know, my mom was saying, come on over and get something out of the pantry. My sister said, well, I got a, a few dollars, you know, and that helped. That, that helped stretch my situation and improve my situations in that situation, in that time. That's what we have to do. Reach back and, and grab those that we know need help, regardless if they think they know it all, because most of them in their 20s and 30s think they know everything. And... They might know more than we do because of technology and the ability to Google and the ability to do their research. And that's fine and good. But the, the common knowledge, the common uh, ability to think critically, to get out of a situation without harming themselves or anyone else, that's lacking. And that's where the wisdom of us older generations come in at. We could say, uh, you don't want to do that because this is what's going to happen. And then if that person say, shut up, old man or old woman, you don't know what you're talking about. Or I just did my research and Googled it. And and th that's not what it says, you know, but they will listen to Google and, and they'll listen to Yahoo and they'll listen to Bing and they even listen to their comrades and their constituents before they listen to the wisdom of someone that has been through it. What do we do? We continue. We continue to share our testimony, make known God's good deeds in our lives, to let people know that it wasn't about us. It was about God's mercy and grace. It was about some type of divine intervention in our lives that got us to this point. Now, I know People that may hear this, they may not be Christians, they may not believe in religion, they might have some spirituality or whatever the case is. But I'm just telling everyone from my experience, when I called upon God, when I prayed to God, he answered. And now I'm giving thanks 
And the reason and how I'm giving thanks is I'm sharing the testimony that I have, the testimony that uh, that I know to be true. See, we could read books about Thurgood Marshall. We could read books about um, Alice Williams and and um, some other writers that have written great, wonderful books. We can even read books that uh, Michelle Obama and Barack Obama wrote and, you know, uh, Alex Haley and some of those other people, uh, Marion Lansbury, uh, I think that's her name. Um, but we can read all of these books and we can glean how inspirational and how important it was what they said and what they wrote and be able to quote it by verbatim. But did you really see it happen in their lives? Were they living with, were you a living witness to what happened in their lives? No, but you got encouraged and strengthened by the words that they penned on the paper in the books. See, here nowadays, you have mama them, you have daddy them, you have someone in your concentric circle that has a testimony that want to share with you. Someone that wants to pay forward the wisdom that they have obtained, but you won't listen to them because they may have made one or two mistakes in front of you or in your life to the point where you write them off. As, oh, they don't know nothing. Oh, they don't know nothing. They 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 messed up. You know, I've been you know told that a, a person wouldn't take me seriously about anything that I said because I had been married too many times. Yet, in my thinking, I'm thinking, okay, he's been married too many times. Why? First, ask the question is why. Then get a legitimate answer. Then get the the answer verified and confirmed that what he said or she said is true, and then see the outcome. See where that person's life is now, where they were, how they messed up, what mistakes they made, and then they're telling you those things, and so that you don't make the same mistakes that they make. So when those situations and times come, you would have an eyewitness an eyewitness account of what happened or what can go wrong. And then you can make an informed decision because you see the outcome. See, I know the people in the books, you know, they write these, these great things and I'm a writer as well. So I understand that. But what I'm talking about specifically is what are we allowing to get down into our hearts to where it makes a change and a difference. You know, have you ever thought about when you was a little kid, how mama got that milk or how daddy went out there and you said you wanted X, Y, Z and he went out for a few, four or five days and he came back and he had it for you. You know, you was happy as a little kid and you, you just glad that he brought it to you and in, in the house and he gave it to you and you was happy to receive that. But did you ever stop to say when you got older, Dad, how did you get me that bike that I wanted when I was younger? Or Mom, I know you went and, you know, a few days 
or you went out and you came back with some milk. How'd you get that milk? And, and we knew that you didn't have no money and we didn't have no money. You know, we didn't get the aid stamps until the end of the month or the first of the month. So how were you able to get the milk? Did you ever sit in the ax so that she could tell the story or he could tell the story that, well, baby, when I walked out that door, you know, I put my coat on and, and I had a I cried a little bit and I started to walk down the street and a man walked up with his wife and they asked me, why was I crying? And the, the woman, I began to tell both of them that I'm, 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 I'm a single parent and my kids need milk and I don't have, I don't have any milk in the house to give them. And the man and the woman saw my heart breaking because I didn't have the money. And what they did, they gave me. $20, $30 to go to the grocery store and buy the milk and whatever else I needed. And what I said to that person and what I said to them, I said, thank you. God bless you. And they said, no, God bless you. And what happened after that? I went to the store and I bought the milk and I came home. See, she didn't tell you all that detail because the, the pressing matter was getting my babies some milk so they could have cereal. How many of us have went through that situation? How many of us have endured that time where we just walked out the door and we asked or we started thinking, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get this. I don't know how, how this is going to happen. But the Lord made a way. But you knew it was God. You knew it was a prayer. You knew it was a secret, silent prayer that no one else could have heard but God. And he came to your rescue. And that's why we say this song, I love the Lord because he heard my cry. And there's a lot of days and nights that we are gonna cry and we're gonna need, we're gonna need help. And that's why I ask you, where's your humanity? Because you can be a blessing to somebody that are going through, that you're gonna walk past or that you're gonna see on the street or that you're working with. And you're going to see them with their countenance down, that they look down or they look defeated or they look like they're confused and don't know which way to go. It doesn't hurt your humanity to rise up to say, hey, are you all right? It doesn't hurt your humanity to say, hey, I noticed today you don't look like your normal self. Is there anything wrong you want to talk about it? You know, don't be afraid for somebody to say, no, I don't want to talk about it. Stay out of my business. Mind your business. Well, if that's the case, then let them wallow in that circumstance. But what if somebody you reach out to and they reach back to you and say, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm not doing so well. This and that. that now, you have to honestly and sincerely want to hear and sincerely care and have empathy for that person before you walk up to them, because it doesn't make sense for you to say, hey, how you doing? And then they start telling you, and you're like, oh, I didn't want to hear that. Oh, oh I was just being nice. No, <laughs> be more than nice. <laughs> Have humanity in your heart, you know? So you become part of a person's testimony. You become part of a person's uh, deliverance, I'll say, from that situation. We don't know what people are going through out in the street. We don't know what people are going through in our own homes. We don't even know what's going on in the minds of our own children because life has gotten to the place where everything is so boxed. 
Everything is so secretive. Everything has to be politically correct. If it's not politically correct, it's something other correct. Or if it's not something other correct, it's this, that, that, and the other. But what happened to just straight up just caring? Just straight up just having a heart for someone to reach out to them and genuinely care. <laughs> and and I'm going to close with this I saw on YouTube. And, and I want you all to really think about this, what I saw. I saw in the, in the video, this girl drove up to the gas tank. She had this beautiful car. It was a nice car. And the girl got out. She She's nice looking, I guess, you know. Or 20 something or something like that. And she went to pump gas. Now somebody's filming this, right? Now some guy filmed it, filming this, right? And he had the audacity to put it on YouTube, which by the way, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't have did that. But it just goes to show you people are always, you know, looking to make somebody else look bad. But at the same time, they're making them all their own selves look bad. So back to the show. So the lady is pumping the gas. She pulls out the thing and uh, um, the nozzle and she began to pump the gas, right? And I believe she put a dollar worth of gas in there. Now we know that uh, gas nowadays, is, I know in California, it's like $5.19 a gallon and everywhere else is probably three or four. And so her putting that one or $2 in there didn't even put a gallon in the tank. Right. So you knew this person needed gas. You knew this woman at night needed gas in her car. Because anytime you got to put two dollars in your gas tank, guess what? And I've been there. Your hand on E <laughs> your, or that red light on. And you putting that two dollars in there to make it stretch to the morning. <laughs> so I've been there. I've been on those <laughs> where I'm riding on fumes, praying at the same time. So this guy had the audacity to film her putting the two dollars worth of gas in the car. So I'm like, all right, let's see where we go with this. Maybe this is a good deal, a good deed, a good Samaritan finna step in and help this young lady and put some gas in her tank. And I, I, I started to feel hopeful because the guy said, "Hey, I noticed you only got like two dollars uh, of gas in your top in your tank. Uh, is that all you got?" You know, he said some words in that 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 frame of word. And she was like, yeah, you know, she was still trying to make sure it go to that two dollars. And she was shaking it. So you know how you shake the, the nozzle to make sure every little drip of gas come out of that little nozzle. You know, you ain't got my two dollars in there. So, you know, you only got to shake two times and ain't nothing but two little drops going to come out. So he was like, yeah, I noticed you just only put two dollars of gas in the tank. Hey, uh. I, I'll be willing to, to put some gas in your tank. I'll fill your tank up. And you know what he said after that? You know, I'm thinking, because he paused for a little bit. He said, I'll fill your tank up. And then he paused for about four or five seconds. And, you know, she was looking like, okay, all right. And then uh, he said, uh, 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 for one thing, though, <laughs> I'll fill your tank up, for, but for one thing, though, you know. And, you know, I could see, I can see this woman say, oh, man, it is so, so, such and such begging for me to do X, Y, Z for him. You know, you know, the look on her face was like, uh oh, what I got to do or what I just agreed to because she said, OK, 
before he said, but you got to do something in return. And she was like, mm. then she, you know, you can't right then and there, the woman have that, or, or a person, I say a person, have to make that decision. Do I go down this road and accept what this man is asking? Or do I take back what I said and deal with this living on E and the fumes? Some people don't know how to make that decision to say, no, that's all right. <laughs> I don't need that. If I got to do this to get my, my tank fixed or my tank filled up, I don't need it. Because then you just paying for something that was free, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, because it's going to cost you if you agree to whatever that person asked you for, because they didn't do it out of the kindness out of their, of their hearts and say, hey, look, you don't have to pay me nothing. Uh, I just want to do this because I know you probably need it or the Lord laid it on my heart to do this for you. And then... Possibly, you know, but back to the story, the woman was like, what if I do something for you? But she said, OK, what? You know, because I'm I'm assuming she thinking, you know, the guy might want, you know, some type of French benefits or something like that. You know, but he said, uh, if you give me your phone number, what kind of mess is that? Now, you're going to fill up the woman tank, but you want the phone number. Wow. I mean. Why would you want the phone number? I mean, she can give you a fake number. <laughs> she can give you her brother them number or her mama them number, but you won't have hers. She can give you an old number that's that's in the drawer, an old cell phone number. But why would you want that in, in return for doing something nice? That's where we got to get our humanity checked. See, that woman, she probably had uh, maybe a family at home, maybe some kids or or something like that. And she was out trying to make sure she could get some gas. And she probably was praying, Lord, send somebody to help me. I need some help, Lord. I can't, I can't make it, you know. And what I love about God is sometimes God used people's stupidity and use their evil intentions for his good. And the Bible talks about what man meant for evil or what man meant for bad or what you meant for bad. God can mean it for good. And that's what we have to always think about. What bad situation is that person encountering or might be going through when you know that they're not their regular self? You see a woman that looks like she's she's going through a whole lot. It could be abuse at home. It could be the fact that uh, she's in financial strains and everything like that. Or, you know, she could be in a bad a relationship. You know, it, it doesn't hurt to ask, how you doing? You know, um, I noticed that something is wrong with you. Or if God lay on your heart to go and talk and reach out to a person to help them, it's nothing wrong with doing that, being obedient. Because the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. What are we sacrificing? Are we sacrificing our time and our energy to help one another, to bring the humanity back into the world, to bring humanity back in our concentric circle, to show people that we care? Even if you don't care about me, I'm going to still care about you because that's who I am. Let's not bring up the walls and the barriers of, of 
mistrust or the walls of barrier of of hate or you know not caring or being desensitized to our neighbor or people that's around us. We all need help in some shape, form, or fashion. The question is, when people come to us, when people reach out to us, are we willing to answer? Are we willing to go that extra mile to, to talk to them, to have a conversation? You know, without believing or thinking that that person going to spread your business around. Well, everybody already know your business. <laughs> so ain't no sense you thinking somebody going to spread it because it's written all over your face. You remember that song say, it's written all over your face. You don't have to say a word. That's the truth. You don't have to say a word because it, it's, it's written all over your face, your situation that you're going through. And some people are mean it for your bad, but the majority of people might just mean it for your good to want to help. So we have to learn discernment as a human, as a, a person, when that time is right, when to accept the help, when not to accept the help. And also us giving the help, we have to know when to give it freely or don't give it at all. That's your mistake, and that's you missing out on your blessing to be a blessing when you don't want to bless anybody from your heart, because what goes from the heart reaches the heart, and we have to get back to that. Get back to the basics of living together in community, in society, with each other. You know, we don't have to judge each other by the 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 content of our character and the color of our skin. What we can do is don't worry about all that. You know, just reach out and help somebody that needs help. Stop being a Karen. Stop being Betty. Stop being Mike. Stop, stop being all them people that always got something going on in their life. Be who God wants you to be. Be a light. Be a vessel of kindness and goodness. And those that you encounter in your life that's not living up those to those standards, push them out of your life. Leave them on the side. Don't bring them into your future because they will become jealous. They will become envious. They will try to sabotage your future and your destiny because their future and their destiny in their minds are already sabotaged. So they had a proverbial rat in the, the rats or the crabs in a barrel. And we want to get out of that as a people, as humanity. It, it doesn't matter what color you are. There's still some crabs on everybody's nationality and in everybody's race. So don't matter because uh, at the end of the day, we can always give a blood blood transfusion. And what color that blood going to be? Red. It's going to be red no matter who you poke, unless they come from somewhere else. But it's going to be red no matter what. So I just had that on my mind. And, you know, I, I was just thinking about it. And, you know, I want, and it's my desire, my prayer, that each of us, while we're going into the the, the half, the first half of the 21st century, to find humanity again. You know, we are talking and things about war, rumors of wars. We are lovers of ourselves. We are doing detestable things to one another. We are 
heartless and cold as a people, as a humanity. We have grown cold toward one another. Where can we find that balance to get back in center? You know, get back into the center of loving one another and caring for what others think and feel and caring about ourselves and wanting to be a better person for the people around us. When are we going to get back to that? And I know people are probably going to comment, uh, you know, worry about yourself. You know, <laughs> stop trying to preach to us about we being all this and that and the other. You don't know nothing about this and that and the other. Well, I might not. You know, and I, I don't profess to be the world-renowned expert on nothing. <laughs> I, I'm always constantly living, growing. I'm constantly learning as I go. I'm I'm 58 years old in a couple of weeks. So I still have a lot to learn. I still have a lot to grow. I still have a ways to, to continue to um, extend who I am and invest in my future along with my family's future. So no, I'm not the world expert. Don't count me as one of those. But I can tell you a, a thing or two about a thing or two because I've lived it, I've been there, and I've done that. And God has kept me. I can tell you that much. So in closing, I just want you all to um, take the opportunity to think about your life. Pay close attention to what you've done, how you've endured, what you've accomplished, and where you're at right now and how you're moving forward. And take all of that knowledge and take all of those experiences and life applications that you have encountered in your life and, and give it to someone else. Find a youngster, someone younger than you, 5, 10, 15, 20 years younger than you, and talk to them, show them, tell them, especially when you see them getting ready to go down the road that you've been down. And you know what's on the other end down there. <laughs> you know there's some destruction going on down there. You know, you can, you can take the time out and say, hey, for what it's worth, this is what I want to tell you. You know, uh, this is what happened to me. This is how I got out of it. I see you going down the same path. I see that these are the things that's going to happen to precipitate itself to make that end be what it is. Do you want to go down that road? You know, and that's the choice that they have to make to listen, to pay attention, to take the advice from someone that's been there and done that. But you can never say that you didn't tell them. And you don't have to say, I told you so to them either. But you at least know that, hey, in your heart of mind, you tried to do the right thing and you tried to help them through a situation that you saw coming. And that's all we can do. That's all we can do to extend ourselves, to make known God's good deeds in our lives because it was nothing but God's glory and his mercy and his grace that helped us to get to where we are today, regardless of if you believe in Allah or God or, or Jehovah or, or whoever. Your steps have been divinely ordered. I believe that my steps have been ordered by the Lord. I believe my steps have been ordered by God. I believe that he opened the door, made a way for my situations and my circumstances in my past and present so that my future 
and be brighter than what it was back then, you know? So I'll leave you with this thing and this statement, and it's a, a, a top of the hour. If the Lord don't do anything else for me, he's certainly done enough. And I live by that and I believe that because if God don't do anything else but wake me up tomorrow, he shows has done enough in my life in the past and in the present. And I thank him. Get to a place where we thank God for life. Thank God for, for the, the many things that he has done for us, seen and unseen. So I leave you all with that thought. And as I close tonight, I want to close with a word of prayer, if it's okay with everyone on the call and everyone in video land, because I believe everyone needs prayer in these times of day to help us, to encourage us, to know that someone cares for us, cares for our well-being, and is willing to, to pray that a divine intervention comes or a divine peace and restoration comes into their lives when they need it. Or even if they don't need it, it'll be stored up for them for when that time does come. And I'm a believer that. And you've been with Reflections of Grace Outreach Ministries. And we believe that we inspire souls and remove the mask through the word of God. So please feel free to reach out to us, subscribe, um, listen in to us, leave us an email, whatever way you feel free fit to make contact with us. We would love to hear your comments or concerns or whatever the case is, you know, because it's all about inspiring souls and removing the mass through the word of God. So good night, everyone, and you have a blessed night. I close with prayer. Father, we thank you for another day. We thank you, God, that you have been miraculously good in our lives. We thank you, Father, for waking us up. And we thank you for having the activities of our limbs and the ability to think and breathe and move. We thank you, Father, that you have kept us from last night to this day. We thank you that you have instilled peace and love and grace in our hearts and our minds. And we ask you, Father, to continue to watch over us, continue to have mercy on each and every one of us tonight. We ask you, Father, to forgive us for anything that we may have done wrong to you or to anyone else. We ask your forgiveness, God. And we ask you, Lord, to not take your Holy Spirit from us, Father, and to continue to lead us and guide us in your willing way. We ask you, Father, those that are going through situations out there, we ask you to meet a need, Lord. We ask you to comfort them and give them peace through these situations. More important, Lord, we ask you to send the wisdom that those that are suffering through abuse or domestic violence to leave those situations. We ask you, Father, those that are addicted to some type of substance, we ask you, Father, to take the taste out of their mouths, to remove the taste and the feeling out and the urge out of their mouths right now, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to give them the strength to move away from it, to leave that, that situation. We ask you, Father, more importantly, to restore the joy into their lives, to restore the 
to peace in their lives where pain has overtaken them. Lord, we know that so many people are living in a vacuum effect. And we know that they are in, in, encountering, endure, enduring, and going through their struggles. Lord, we ask you to meet them in their dark place, Lord, and lead them out to the safest place. Lord, we thank you and we bless your name. We ask you, Lord, to bless those with the blessings you see fit for them to have. And we ask you to restore the joy to everyone in this earth so that our humanity can reconnect with you so that we can live in joy. We can live with the dove and the olive branch that in our mouths and in our hearts that we can give peace and grant peace to those around us. We ask you, Lord, to heal our bodies and heal the bodies of those that are sick and afflicted. We ask you, Lord, to, to make them well and keep them in your care. We bless your name and we thank you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So we thank you, everyone that joined. And we ask you all have a great and wonderful night. We ask you, Lord, we ask you to, to reach out, subscribe. You know, find time to send a comment or, or anything. We're on, we're on Facebook. We're on uh, podcasts. We're on YouTube, and we're on Spotify. Please feel free because this is going to be converted into a, a podcast recording as well. So there's time to listen and there's time to join in. And if it's anything that you may have missed, you feel free to download the recording or, or share it with someone. We love you and we thank you and we bless your name and we bless you and have a good night. Thank you.